Today's podcast is sponsored by Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine. It's like you read that from a magazine. Actually, no, they're just our sponsor now. So you can crap open a magazine like you do a can of craft beer? Yeah, actually, you can. You can just open it up and read it. It's actually a little deeper than actually, you know, just reading the label on a craft beer. So basically what you can say, you can have a bottle share in a magazine. You can have a bottle share in a magazine. That is correct, DJ. That sounds amazing. Isn't it? So I think everybody should go go get their Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine. Absolutely. You can go get it online at tncraftbeermag.com. There you'll find copies of their magazine along with a statewide brewery map, events calendar, and you can even subscribe to their print edition online. It's the magazine where you can find craft beer in the state of Tennessee. Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine. Find them online at tncraftbeermag.com. Hey guys, this is Chris Hill. This is DJ Loop. And uh, this is the Humble Beer Podcast. And uh, we're here today at New Heights Brewing with Katie. Katie, Hi. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. And um, yeah, just here today to to really um, learn a little bit more about New Heights, how you guys got started, and um, learn about some of the great beers that are here. I see a fantastic selection in front of us I can't wait to jump into. (laughs) So, I've already got into them. I know, I know. I was giving you a dirty look before you. I know, well, before geez. I started. I was like, man. i got to take a sip of mine now. I'm the only one who doesn't have a beer right now. It's really sad. There's 12 over here. There's 12, yeah. Well, 11, 11. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I love um, the, uh, the, was it a cake pan? Or muffin tins, yeah. That was Dustin, my husband's idea. And it's actually really genius because um, we do a flight of six normally. So mm-hmm. this... This is 12, so this is obviously like double, but yeah. if someone gets a flight of six, they're just easy to carry around. They're easy to store, easy to clean, cheap to purchase. And, you know, the beautiful wooden ones that you see at a lot of places are so nice, yeah. but then you set your beers down on them and, like, it's just awkward. So yeah. we kind of went this route. <laughs> and it kind of fits in with our industrial <laughs> our industrial vibe. <laughs> Absolutely. And for the, uh, for the tasters, too, they, they seem to fit really well, so... Yeah, and that's why we chose this exact glass. And we get a lot of tour companies that come in here, you know, on the tour buses, and oh, yeah. they get samples. So, like, for instance, if we have a 24-person tour, we fill these up. You know, we get several of them, fill them up, and just bring them down here. So it's so much easier than everyone carrying their own or, yeah. like, constantly refilling. And it's just, there they are. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, well, Katie, tell us a little bit about New Heights. How did sure. you guys get started? What's the... So we started this process, I think it was like the summer my husband and I got married, which was in July of 2013 in San Diego. And um, our friends, Jeff and Tracy Fountain at the time, were our neighbors. And Jeff was brewing at Mission Brewery in downtown San Diego. He started off in the, like I said, mortgage industry, banking industry. And Tracy bought him a homebrew kit. (laughs) Is that the coffee? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. Tracy bought him a homebrew kit and... He just developed an instant obsession, passion for beer. So he was still working his full-time job and homebrewing on the side. Dustin, my husband, and I had been in in restaurants and hospitality for years and years, managing. Dustin went to culinary school for a while. 
I studied wine for a couple of years, and we were looking to kind of open our own business, but we didn't know exactly what we were going to do. Um, we thought about a food truck. We had worked on that concept for a while. And then, you know, all this is going on while Jeff is actively pursuing a career in brewing. But in order to do that in San Diego, there's so many people that want to brew beer. So you kind of have to start out somewhere for free. So he started volunteering and interning at a bunch of local breweries. He worked with um, the owner of Alesmith was one of his mentors, Peter, which was really cool because um, they do great beers. I don't know if you're familiar, but they're one of the biggest, best breweries in San Diego, in my opinion. There's so many, but... Oh, there's a few. <laughs> Alesmith. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, San Diego's just known for, for some beer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I, you know, I've heard of San Diego being known for beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I was never really into craft beer. Like I said, I was a wine person. Um, studied wine, loved wine, wanted to go into that industry. Now, now did I read you're a sommelier, is that right? Yes, wow. yes. So I say that, but it's been years since I've done any formal studying. So, <laughs> you know, my knowledge is that there's so much to learn still, and my knowledge isn't what it was. But that was kind of the path I was going on. And then um, I found that now I, I can pick out flavors in beer and smells and all kinds of things, whatever you want to call it, you, like I couldn't wine. Have you hmm. thought about going for a Cicero? No, Dustin, my husband, did the um, certified beer server. I think yeah. that's the first. He did yeah. that exam. I've, and I've, I thought done about, that, I've done that one. Yeah, I thought about doing that as well. I don't know that it would benefit me. I mean, I love to learn about beer and everything like that, but... Well, and honestly, I just don't have the time. So <laughs> there we go. But, there we go. Uh, but I know that it's you know some of the tests. I think the second test is really intense yeah. and, and hard. And if I had more time on my hands, I might. And Dustin had thought about it too. Anyway, all this to say is um, Jeff basically left his job in the financial industry, worked at some breweries for free, just doing everything that nobody else wanted to do. You know, mm. started out at the very bottom, and then he went over to Mission Brewery and started, I think it was on their bottling line, you know, he was cleaning, he was bottling, you know, just labor. And then eventually, after months and months of that, he got promoted and hired as a brewer at Mission. So he really, really learned on a big system there, wow. um, which was awesome. So he did that, and then one day, we were all drinking out back, you know, because Jeff would always bring us, like, low fills from Mission. So it was great having, <laughs> having and Dustin, you know, was a, was a not a chef, but a very, very good home cook, and he did go to culinary school. So we would make dinner for Jeff and Tracy, and Jeff would always come over and, and bring beer, and then he'd bring his home brew. And meanwhile, Dustin and I were planning our, our wedding, and we said, hey, we would love if you did a home brew um, beer for our wedding guests, and we would give out your beer as a party favor. So then Jeff brewed what we called then um, our white wedding IPA. It was a double IPA, um, and it's kind of the basis for our New Heights IPA. It's not the okay. exact recipe, but it was kind of like, we drank it and we're like, dang, Jeff, this is one of the best IPAs in town, and this is a homebrew, and we know good IPAs. I mean, like I said, San Diego's full of them. So we drank that, and um, we're like, you're onto something. So then after many beers and drinks later, we were like, hey, what if we uh, open a brewery? <laughs> so that was the summer spring summer of 2013 and it was at the sweet tea yeah mm -hmm. yeah interesting yeah it is Very uh, by the way for the listeners at home we're not doing an official like <laughs> critique of the beers she literally brought out about a dozen different yeah. samples we're so them. we're drinking through them um we'll make random comments as we drink um and, and I, I do have to say just real quick on that note because we're being completely add here um the coffee and cream oh that was delicious really good Oh my gosh. That was the yeah. uh, smell that I had to smell, and I'm like, ooh. Yeah, so that beer, I know we're going off on tangents. No, so yeah. Sorry, listeners. Um, 
That beer was brewed. There's a like a crema. I was just telling you guys about that. It's a coffee shop like three blocks away. Wonderful coffee shop. They're like, I, I'm sure there's a word for it, the Cicerones of coffee. I think Rachel is the owner over there, and she really knows her stuff. And in order for various restaurants around town to serve crema products, she or someone from her staff, I believe, goes in and does an intense training and how you know the proper temperature for the coffee. Wow. She's so into it and so passionate and just dedicated. So that um, coffee and cream is brewed with crema coffee. And we have a great relationship with them. When we first opened last year, we had a coffee IPA called Batch One. And Rachel came from Crema and brewed the beer with Jeff and Dustin. So it was, it was pretty awesome. That's cool. And, yeah. then, and then, of course, the one we're drinking um, after that, DJ made the comment, it's the sweet tea. Yeah. And the sweet tea. Now, this is um, tea leaves from, is it Crema? or who? who, who High Garden. The They're okay. a local tea company in East Nashville, not too far from here again. Um, the owners are just like the nicest people. They're so cool. And their tea shop is magical. It really is like Hogwarts in there. It's not just teas. It's herbs and potions. And they have what? like a, um, a, a tonic bar in the back where you can go get house-made kombucha and like nice. little elixirs, I guess is the better word for it. Um, Literally just, elixirs. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> they've got everything in addition to the amazing tea selection that they, that they have. So we did a sweet tea beer. wasn't the raspberry that you have, but last year we did a sweet tea um, wheat beers, the same base as this beer, and it was just really, really popular. And um, our distribution company was, was like begging us to can it. Mm. So that's kind of the next step on, on that beer. It'll, it'll be the old recipe, not the raspberry. The raspberry is just kind of like a fun, a fun one-off. Um, but yeah. yeah, so we like working with, with all those kinds of people that are really into their craft, <laughs> like <Yes>. we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm actually a big coffee and tea drinker myself on top of beer. So yeah. All the vices. The, yeah, me too. You can add wine to my list as well. So and, and whiskey. Yes. <laughs> and whiskey. You're in good company. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so after the wedding, you you guys had the um, the IPA um, that yeah. you all the, the white wedding IPA. White wedding IPA. I think I still have a bottle in the back. I'll bring it out and show you guys before you leave. It's hilarious. But that was kind of like the basis. It's not the exact same recipe, but um, you know we just thought this is like really delicious and it's easily up there with some of the best IPAs in San Diego, in our opinion. Mm. At the time, my husband was a beer buyer at the restaurant we both worked at, so he had access to all the great breweries. You know, Sculpin was super popular. It still is, but back then that was like our favorite yeah. IPA, and it's so good, and Alpine was doing some great One billion IPAs. dollars later. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Green Flash, obviously Stone started it all, Alesmith, yeah. um, Mission had great, great uh, IPAs as well. So. We had all decided at that point we wanted to do a brewery. We knew we couldn't do it in San Diego. Um, obviously, California is a very expensive state to live in and to operate a business. So mm -hmm. we had talked about different cities um, that weren't necessarily so saturated in the beer market yet. Um, they had talked about Atlanta. Uh, we had talked about Austin. But they re Jeff and Tracy really wanted to get back closer to their roots in Alabama, where all of their family and friends were living. Um, but they also didn't want to necessarily move back to Alabama. So we all came to Nashville on a visit right after we got married, and we did a beer tour. This was 2013, and at the time there were like four breweries, I think. You know, it was Jackalope and Yazoo and Blackstone and Fat Bottom. Um, but there wasn't like a ton doing the kind of what we thought at the time, like our San Diego West Coast style IPA. 
So, and they were fantastic, all the places we went to, but we're like, okay, there's definitely a beer market. At the time, Nashville was just becoming the it city. It was kind of like on the brink where they're saying 70 to 100 people are moving here every day. Yeah. You know, obviously there's Vanderbilt's here, Belmont's here, college town, college students love beer. So we did a uh, four-day trip here, and we really liked it and thought we, we can do this. So Jeff and Tracy moved here in December of that year, and Dustin and I followed March the next year. We needed some time to plan and think what we're going to do where we're going to live and how we're going to work, support ourselves. So it was a process, but so here we are. And we all lived together for about a month because Dustin and I didn't have a place to live when we moved here. They they had said, please come stay with us. So we all lived in East Nashville together um, and spent many, many nights planning and drinking and (laughs) dreaming. Um, So yeah, that's how New Heights was born. We went through a couple different name name variations as well. We weren't sure what the name was going to be, New Heights kind of suddenly came to us. There were a couple other ideas in the works, but this is this is kind of what fit us. And um, our logo, I know they can't see it, but... <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll see it if they, uh, you know, if they check us out online yeah. or... Or go to our website. Or go to the website for New Heights, yeah. Absolutely. There's a, a water tower in our logo, and inside the water tower is the Nashville skyline. The water tower was our, um, one of a, lamp, a landmark in San Diego. There's a neighborhood called North Park, has a ton of great breweries, an older neighborhood, and there's a, a water tower there. So it's kind of our San Diego like background mixed with the new Nashville skyline. So it's kind of incorporating both both neighborhoods and cities. That's cool. And in in the name New Heights comes from the old neighborhood that we okay. lived in in San Diego was University Heights. Uh, um, and so this is this is our new heights. Nice. So yeah, that's how that's how that all came to be. <laughs> that, is, that is really cool. It's funny when I was telling DJ um, we were on our way up here. I was like, I know I've seen their logo before. I was like, it's a water tower, I think. Yeah. But it's the skyline. Yeah. There's a skyline <laughs> in there, too. I can't remember. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's why I see both of them together. Well, so. and coincidentally, down the street from the brewery, um, there's a, a water tower as well. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's just down the street past the, there's the cemetery by the CrossFit gym. There's, <laughs> there's a, a water tower. And so when we saw that, we're like, okay, this is, this is meant to be. So it took, um, after we moved here, it took a year for Jeff to find the space. Every day he was out on the hunt, trying to find a location, trying to find a location. Um, and that was basically his full-time job, was trying to find a space. So we found this space almost three years ago. I think they signed the lease because Jeff and Tracy now have an almost three-year-old son and I, I think a six-month-old. Wow. So, yeah. So I think the day uh, Jordan, their, their first, was born is the day to sign the lease on, on this building. Nice. So that was almost cool. a year, over a year for them since we moved here. And then it was another year of um, build-out back here. Yeah. And you guys are not really far from downtown. We're five minutes. Five minutes, yeah. So yeah, five minutes. That's great. great. Yeah. Before you hit downtown. Yeah. Here. Yeah, and we're also what we like to call in the brewery district. I don't know if you guys have seen that online or not, but um, we're really trying to brand this area as Nashville Brewery District because half a mile is Zahn's, um, right behind us is Tennessee Brewworks, mm. right behind Brewworks is Jackalope and Yazoo. So we're really trying to work work on this being like the brewery district. Um, and then there's also a Saki, a Saki. I don't know if it's a sake distillery. Yeah, called Proper Sake. They're right by Tennessee Brewworks. And then there's a cidery, Diskin, opening up just down the street as well, um, near to Wedgwood, Houston, which isn't too far from here. So, yeah, there's, there's, and then Yeehaw is coming here 
as well. So oh. they're actually going to be in a building we looked at. Are they now? They're not relocating, are they? They're no, they're opening another location. From from what I understand. So, so cool. Yeah, I know. Um, and I've heard. I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but they may be looking. They were looking at Greenville, South Carolina, too. Hmm. They, were look, they yeehaw Growing. itself. They want to brand out, but we yeah. need to have um, Charles need, back on. Yeah, I was about to say we just need to have them on the podcast uh, yeah. uh, to tell us all about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting project from at least the media releases I've seen. Look yeah. pretty cool. I think yeah. it's going to be like a moonshine, the old smoky moonshine and Yeehaw in the oh. same. Yeah. Okay. From, from what I saw. Interesting. So, yeah. So, yeah, this area is kind of still, well, it's definitely still up and coming when we looked at it two years ago. And every day it's changing. But now it's, you know, there's a lot of things that you can walk to and, and, and we like it. And the CrossFitters down the street, they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and the coffee shop, too. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, we're back here in the brewery, and I see, you know, what, what you normally see in a brewery. You see the kegs, and you see, um, you know, the brewing equipment, of course, and some of the random odds and ends. But we've also got these awesome barrels right here. Now, what? Yeah. I'm just really curious. Can yeah. you tell us, like, what's in the barrels right yeah, now? absolutely. And so, um we started off, I want to say we had 20 barrels that we started with about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And in them, um, aging is our Naval Gazer Imperial Stout, which is your last beer on your little flight over here. Um, hey. And our gobsmacked barley wine, which um, is brewing, is, is in the tanks right now. So we don't have it in the tap room, but we did have it. So we're aging a barley wine and we are aging our Imperial Stout. And we've already done a couple bottle releases. Um, we're actually doing a bottle release on Friday. I don't know if you can see that that bottle over there. Yes, um, yes. So that was our Imperial Stout aged in a Tennessee whiskey barrel for 11 months. And then we added, there's another coffee company we work with called uh, Revelator. Okay. And we added um, Revelator coffee to the barrel aged stout. And so we bottled that and we're releasing that on Friday. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so it's really exciting. And we, and we call it... Um, Bang for short, barrel-aged navel gazer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be delicious. So I'm really excited about that release. And there, there's a, there's quite a few pallets of cans. Yeah. Um, and then I was I was uh, kind of talked to you earlier. Like you were really guys were focused on distributing and yeah. package sales before you even opened. Well, or? we actually um we started canning. I want to say it was April of last year. So with the tasting room had already been open for I want to say six six or seven months at least before we started canning. So we went, when we went into distribution in May of 2016, before we opened the tasting room, we were keg only. Um, but then, you know, obviously package, especially cans, I think, is, is the way to go right now. Um, and it just opened up such a wider market for us. You know, we yeah. could be in places that weren't, before we could only be in stores that were doing growler fills, or you could mm. buy keg from. Now we can be in stores that aren't just doing growler fills, but you know they're selling cans and, and bottles and, and whatnot. So it, it really opened up the market for us. Um, was there was there a reason why you guys went for the sixteen ounce the, the big the I can? I think they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think people it's a proper pint. You yeah, know, it is sixteen ounces. So, but it's crazy because we also can the navel gazer. Um, 16 ounces for a 9.2 Imperial Stout. Um, so 16 ounces of that beer is a lot in the tasting room. We sell it in a 10 ounce glass. So that can, you know, it's, it's good. You just need one. <laughs> um, so we started off canning our New Heights IPA, which is our, our, I think our signature flagship, I guess is what Jeff and Dustin would say, our flagship IPA. Um, we canned that and our Nothing Fancy Cream Ale first. And then we brought on the Naval Gazer back in July. 
and we hope to have the sweet tea and um, the double, our, we call it the double, our double IPA, next. So we're, we're hoping to have two more in the market pretty soon here. So Very cool. And, and is it just Nashville that you all are distributing no, the cans to? We're or? actually in Knoxville and Chattanooga, Middle Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, so we're with Best Brands um, in, this, in this region. They do a great job for us. Um, and we're looking to go outside, outside kind of the area, hopefully soon as well. It's exciting. So if your distributor are listening to this, they're looking to expand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, hope, we're hoping. Yeah, we're hoping to. Um, so, so we'll see. But yeah, we definitely want to get some more cans in the market um, pretty soon. There's definitely a demand for them, I think, because people are constantly coming. Can you can this? When are you going to can that? It's <laughs> so pretty cool. Just come here and drink it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we do sell the cans out of the tasting room too. So that's always nice because, like I said, the tour buses that come. Um, they can drink on the tour bus, so they can yep. take their cans on the bus and drink, so that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. So, so what's something that you have learned in this process that maybe most people wouldn't think to be aware of? Like if they're saying, hey, I want to start a brewery or yeah. I want to go through this process. You've been really close to the origination of this, yeah. so what, what have you learned? that Time and patience <laughs> and, you know, things are not going to go the way that you think they are. Um, but it's worth it in the end. You know, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of sleepless nights. Um, but you just have to know that it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of planning and ideas. And it's fun, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, it's definitely when somebody's, a long process. When somebody's, my kind of general rule is when somebody's in planning and opening a brewery and they go, oh, we're going to be open March 28th. I'd hate that date and add 90 days to it. Uh -huh. And that's yeah. when they're actually going to be yeah. open. Yeah. We, we definitely learned that lesson as well. We never, it was funny, we never really gave anyone an exact date because, yeah. like I said, my husband and I have been in the restaurant industry for years. I've opened two restaurants, and those restaurants always were like, okay, we're going to open. And then, you know, exactly like you said, 90 days later, we're finally open. So we knew when we were going to go into distribution, you know, they, they were able to brew the beer in advance. So they knew the exact date it would be ready and when we would hit the market, and that was planned with our distributor. Now, we didn't know exactly when the tasting room was going to open. We had a general idea like fall or, yeah. you know, hopefully October, but we didn't have a date. And the day before we opened, we opened on a Saturday. The day before we opened, we were issued our license to, to serve out of the tasting room. So <laughs> wow. we couldn't tell anybody. Wow. We couldn't say. We, we thought we were going to get the license that day we, so we could open on a Saturday. But you can't say, like, oh, we're going to open on Saturday, and then you don't get the license. <laughs> so literally the day before we opened, we emailed. We so, you know, posted everything on social media. We emailed all the local publications. You know, it's all very, like, grassroots, us kind of emailing you know, editors, publishers, whoever it is, bloggers, we're going to open the next day. And we didn't know what to expect. We had no idea what to expect because it was like 24 hours, I think, when we knew we were going to open for sure. And we were here so late the first night before we opened, putting up the TVs, putting together the bar stools, making the tasting room look like how we imagined we always wanted it to look. Um, and then we opened, and I remember because I was so nervous, we opened at noon on a Saturday and we're like, okay, well, you know, hopefully, like, maybe 10 people show up. Like, we don't know. We, don't, we had no idea what to expect. Line out the door for hours. That's great. <laughs> oh gosh, that's awesome. And we were still, I mean, it was literally the first time we had poured a flight for somebody or, like, done anything. Um, so it was nerve-wracking and exciting and awesome, and it was, it was, it was great. So <laughs> we, had, we had such great local support. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so you, you mentioned earlier um, you're a sommelier, and I, yeah. I won't get into the technicals of 
beer brewing, but yeah. have you, um, how has that impacted your understanding and say your respect for yeah. craft beer? Well, that actually um, kind of is what got me into craft beer to begin with is we, in my class, we did a whole section on beer and beer styles and what different terms meant and brewing process and the difference between an ale and a lager and, you know, some of the old stuff that kind of learn. So that actually is what piqued my interest in craft beer to begin with. And obviously living in San Diego at the height of the craft beer scene in San Diego, mm. um, we had access to so many wonderful beers that it was very easy to, to kind of fall in love with it. So I think that really spiked my interest. Now, like I told you earlier, I can barely boil water, so they don't, <laughs> they don't let me back here. <laughs> but um, I just have such a great appreciation for all the hard work they do. I mean, it is hard work. And yeah. Jeff and Dustin, and we have a couple team members that are awesome as well, and they're, they're just all working so hard. So, But it, it's pretty cool. So that's how I kind of learned about beer. Awesome. <laughs> before that, honestly, before I learned about it, I was, I was a Corona drinker. You know, I was one of those girls. I would drink Corona with lime in it and thought that was, like, good beer. And then, actually, I'll tell you what really changed me is um, I had my first IPA when I was working at a restaurant in San Diego. I had Stone IPA, and it, it was, you know, that probably... 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and it was so delicious. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know beer because I had been drinking Corona. I didn't know beer could, no offense to Corona drinkers, it's, you know, it's a great beer when you're poolside. But I didn't know that beer could taste so good. And that's <laughs> we kind can of. We can offend Corona drinkers. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> hey, everyone's got to start somewhere. I know, exactly. The, yeah. the, the, my answer to uh, what's the best beer is always the one in your hand. So if that's a <laughs> yep. Corona, yeah. great. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, and you know what, I'll still have a Corona when I'm hanging poolside and just want go. something light and easy, and that's the option. But anyway, so now I, I call myself a hophead, and well, we all call ourselves hopheads here. Yeah. Um, we really love our IPAs. We really do. So awesome. since that day I had a Stone IPA, I probably would say IPA is my favorite, my favorite style still. That's cool. Yeah, but that's my palate cool. has evolved. I was never like a stout drinker, just like I did with wine. When I first started in wine, I would always be, you know, I was a white wine drinker. Um, I, liked, I liked red, but I never could really tell the difference until I really started studying the differences in different grapes. Um, so the same thing happened with beer. I started off with IPA um, and craft beer. And then now I really appreciate, like, our imperial stout and our, our brown ale and the, the cream ale with coffee, all of those things. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what you mentioned, obviously, you know, growing in terms of, you know, selling more beer and all that, but what are some of the other plans for New Heights? What are maybe some of the things that are coming up in the next, um, you know, the next few weeks and months, um, yeah. probably by the time we release this, you know, a few months out, <laughs> yeah. um, but what are some of the exciting things on the horizon for you all in the next year? So. Yeah, well, we're definitely, like I said, hoping to get some more package out, um, the sweet tea, the double, uh, basically our, our distribution company is, is really wanting to market the sweet tea towards local barbecue joints. Um, and oh, nice. I think there is such a need oh, too, yeah. because you go to the honky tonks here in Nashville and they're great, but they're not selling a ton of like local craft beer, um, mainly due to, I, I don't really know what cost, but also demand. But if yeah. you're at, you know, a honky tonk and you just had barbecue and you want something that's Southern, what's more Southern than sweet tea? Yeah. You know, it's such a Southern thing. So, um, you know, they really want to get us in that kind of niche market of, hey, 
I just had barbecue. This sweet tea beer pairs perfectly with it. It's like the ultimate Southern experience. I would I would say after drinking it, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely has that good, like, I didn't think about it with barbecue, but now that you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect pairing. Yeah, That's and cool. it's, I think, 4.7%. 4. So, like, like, we call it a porch pounder. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's kind of hard to imagine because it's really cold here. And, well, it's warmer today, but it's been so cold here in Nashville. But, you know, it's definitely at least reminds you of, Times when it's warmer and you're out on your rocking chair on your porch and you've got your sweet tea. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, we got a winter heat wave going on right now compared to this I last know, week. I know. <laughs> it's so nice out. I can wear my lightweight hoodie and not my winter jacket. Exactly. <laughs> no, the design, the designs of the cans. Where did you guys get come up with that? They're really cool. Like very, you can tell like just because with the black, the flat black kind of look. That's that's the model you went where you can, yeah. you can really pick that out from a. A lot of different cans and stuff. We have a um, the different art. We have a tattoo artist in East Nashville. His name is Adam. He works out of Custom Thrills, um, and he's awesome. And I think Jeff and Dustin, you know, all of these ideas come from our head, but none of us are our graphic artists or designers. And I think Jeff and Dustin, before we opened, kind of went door to door trying to find a, an artist, and they thought, hey, let's go to a tattoo place. Let's find somebody because those guys can draw, and this is the style that we want. Is that look. So they found Adam, and Adam does all of our designs, and then he has a graphic designer, Jeff, and we work with Jeff as well. So Adam does the design. Like we say, hey, Adam, this is what we have in mind, and then he'll draw it out, and it's awesome. And then his graphic designer puts it in all the vector files, whatever they're yeah. called, yeah, what, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he's done, he's done all, all of our artwork for us, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, I really love the designs and stuff. It's like the, the skeleton. And, yeah. Was there a skeleton riding a horse? Yeah, so that's the um, coffee yeah. barrel-aged navel gazer that we're releasing nice. on, on Friday. So, yeah, and, and then our, our Nothing Fancy logo, it's gold. And we obviously, you know, it says Nothing Fancy, but it, we wanted it to be, like, the fanciest label <laughs> that you could imagine. <laughs> kind of for the irony's sake there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love the design that you all are going Thank for you. as well. I think it's really cool. Um, and I really like the, um, on top of that, I'm noticing the cans kind of have a, um, they're not glossy, they're kind of a muted, yeah. kind of a softer. Yeah, it's that matte black. Matte, that that's the word I'm looking for, thank kinda you. Kind of makes everything stand out. I think they're just, you know, pretty good looking cans, especially when next to each other in a store. I think they stand out really well, so. Yeah. Yeah, and surprisingly, the design process is one of the things that, well, maybe not surprisingly, but it takes the longest. You know, we all have these ideas in our head, um, and then getting it translated on, on paper is is. A process. It took a year to come up with the, just our New Heights logo. That was a year. <laughs> wow. Well, it's definitely paid off. It's definitely looking good. Thank you. Um, so, Katie, um, or well, actually, DJ, do you have any more questions, thoughts? I'm good. You're good? You're good. Okay, <laughs> I'm cool. Good. Time to drink I'm some more here. beer. There's beer to drink. <laughs> I know. I know. This, this beer is, again, like we've, we've gone through most of it now in the time we've been talking. <laughs> I, uh, the, I think I'm on the uh, Damn Good Day 3. Yeah, so that is... Um, our third, I guess, incarnation of our Damn Good Day IPA. So it's not always going to be an IPA. It could be something else. But um, Jeff came up with this idea of doing a Damn Good Day beer because everyone should have a Damn Good Day. And the first couple have been IPAs. Um, and this is our third that we just released about a week ago. Or maybe it was two weeks ago. Coffee and it's service our, here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's our... Um, a true New England style IPA, um, nice. brewed with mosaic. I think 50% mosaic. It's got Cascade, Citra, 
uh, Chinook, all the C's. <laughs> yeah. And I really like it. It's what I'm drinking too. I, <laughs> that and my coffee. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I really like it. It does kind of make me taste it and go, man, this is a damn good day. Yeah. <laughs> so we have core beer. We have core beers that are always going to be in the market available. And then we have rotators and the damn good day three, or I'm, the damn good day is, is going to be a, a rotating beer that, that we'll always have. So, and it's, it's been really popular. You sell food in the tap room or is it? We don't have a kitchen. So what we have is um, mac and cheese that we get from a local food truck and he packages it. So he sells it in the frozen section and like Kroger and Publix and stuff. And we just buy it wholesale from him and heat it up. Um, it's actually, it's really good. And he's an awesome guy. So we're happy to serve, serve his mac and cheese. We're hoping to get a, a food kind of concept or something going um, that's on the horizon. So we've got about a thousand square feet of office space in the back that we're hoping someone will maybe want and turn into like a little restaurant or something or a way to serve food into the tasting room. So we're looking into that. That's definitely a project that we're that we're looking into this year. So yeah, yeah. man, if only you had somebody with experience in restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> I know <but laughs> that's a whole nother beast. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. So yeah, so we're definitely actively pursuing a, a food concept because um, hey, food and beer goes great together. <laughs> yes, it does. But in the meantime, we have food trucks that come all the time. Um, we've got two coming next week. You can bring in food from you know, Uber Eats or just bring in your own food or whatever. Um, but yeah, we, we have food trucks come here quite a bit. So and they've, they've been really, really good. And looks like you have crowd. a few t TVs in there. You can yeah. watch the Preds game. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yep, Titans, oh, yeah. Preds. <laughs> Vanderbilt. Yeah. No, no, no. Tennessee Vols. <laughs> there we go, Vols. be honest. <laughs> yeah. We're a little biased. Well, I mean, it's... I'm not a football fan, I'll just say that, but, and also being from San Diego, we didn't, my husband and I didn't realize, like, the extent of the college football excitement, so SEC, yeah. you know, it's crazy here, That's so. That's when you come, need to come visit Knoxville, you need to come on a yeah. game day Saturday, <laughs> we'll show you the tailgate and the breweries, we'll have fun. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we've, we've gotten into it now. Um, yeah. So Jeff, Jeff, our brewer, and his wife, so he is an Auburn fan, and she is an Alabama fan. Ooh, so they a, are a house divided. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So in turn, Dustin and I have chosen sides. Obviously, I'm an Alabama fan, oh. clearly, and he's an Auburn fan. So, <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll have the games on, you know, on Saturdays, and we always wanted it to be a place that you could come watch your team. That's Very cool. cool. Very cool. <laughs> um, well, I guess last question. Um, before we wrap up, we always like to ask our guests, um, What's in your beer fridge at home right now? Oh goodness, so much. <laughs> and I will I'll be honest and state that there is PBR in there as well. That's what my husband likes to drink after a long day of work and you know, he's had so many heavy beers and IPAs and his palate's kind of just needing something easy to drink. So Nothing PBR. What's wrong with that? Um, we also have a lot of the local breweries that can we we keep them in our in our home fridge as well. Um, we have some homebrew uh, gifts that were given to us from some of our customers that were aging. Um, and then we have beer from some of our trips, like from when we went to Asheville um, years ago, we bought some wicked weed that we've been aging. Mm. So I know. <laughs> so we've got, we've got all kinds, all kinds. And always a bottle of rosé for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, before we go, where can people find New Heights? Obviously, we're in Nashville, yeah. but specifically like online. And um, if they want to come visit the brewery, when are you all open? Yeah, so uh, the tasting room is open every day but Tuesday. During the week, we open at 4. Fridays, we open at 3. 
Um, we always close at nine unless people are still, you know, here hanging out and drinking. Saturdays we open at noon and, and Sundays we're one to seven. Um, you can find us locally. We're in and out of, you know, 100 to 150 different restaurants and bars um, and liquor stores and markets, beer places. Uh, we're also in a few publics, um, which is cool. Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. Uh, we're hoping for Kroger soon, hoping, hoping for that. Um, but if you don't see us and, and you want us, just always ask your, your local shop to carry us. That's, that's the best way to, to get us in. Very cool, very cool. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being on. Thank, thank you. you for having us here and uh, sharing this wonderful beer with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. We really appreciate it. Cheers. Um, yes, cheers. <laughs> yeah, and, you still uh, got two more beers here. I know, we got to no. finish them up. <laughs> no beer no, left on drink. Huh? Don't, don't worry. We, we will finish those. Oh, we will finish those. What, what is this one, DJ? It's the, um, was it? I think that's bearded, the bearded, bearded recluse. recluse yeah. yeah, so that's our imperial brown ale. Mm, tasty. Mm. Bearded recluse, that's like the opposite of DJ. <laughs> well, bearded, but not a recluse at all. No. <laughs> Extrovert. But anyways, all right, well, we're going to finish up these beers. Um, and while we do that, um, we'll go ahead and wrap up the podcast. And I guess... With that said, this has been Chris. This is DJ Loop. No. I forgot my name for a second. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, that said, um, remember to stay humble. And try new beer. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm halfway down in the bottom of a bottle.